Welcome to the Adopting and Fostering Home podcast. Whether your family has been on this journey for years or you're just getting started, we're here to support and encourage you along the way. And now your hosts, Lynette Ezel and Tara Melber. Well, we have a special guest today on the Adopting and Fostering Home podcast. Um, it's a sweet friend of Tara and I's that we've known for a long time. She got into this um, beginning steps of adoption when this ministry was growing. Mm-hmm. And um, Sharon, welcome today. We're so glad you're here. Well, thank you. I'm excited. Thanks for letting us call you this morning, and I know you've got a busy day ahead, but you just have an incredible story, and I just wanted to give you uh, time to share that, and I know it'll be a uh, an encouragement to other families, but when uh, you and I began walking walking through adoption, we already had uh, one uh, little girl at home, our family, we, we were four kids, and you had two kids, but life was just beginning to get easy for you guys. And so to me, on my side, right? And so you just, your daughter had gone off to college. You had a senior in high school. He was such an easy kid (laughs) to me. Yeah. And uh, Mm -hmm. life was getting easy. And so uh, why did you decide to begin the adoption process? Okay. Well, I I would like to say I decided, but it was kind of bigger than that. God decided. Mm Mm-hmm. And it started when we were invited on a mission trip to China, my family of four, and we were excited about this adventure we were going on. And the adventure included working in an orphanage and um, just to kind of help in, in the needs, the area of needs of the struggling orphanage. It didn't have really running water. Right. And so... So that's why we were um, going to China with the Ezel family yeah. and a team, an, another team of people. And um, we get there and uh, it was pretty amazing, uh, the culture in China. But um, we get into the orphanage and I just didn't know how to comprehend what mm-hmm that experience was all about. And, um, anyway, you know, I was at the time I was in my late thirties, Trevor was 16 and Holly was a senior in high school, Mm -hmm. getting ready to graduate and go to Wheaton. And, um, so the empty nest kind of was in the back of my mind (laughs) anyway. So we're in China and we're, um, working in this orphanage and, um, People would say, oh, Sharon, maybe you should adopt. And I just kept saying, no, I've got my hands full at home. As it is, I don't really think so. And um, my husband, Richard, he's, he has such a heart for children that the whole time, almost every day, he'd say, Sharon, look at these kids. Why don't we get <laughs> these kids and take them home? Like, no, no, I don't think so. We're just here to help the needs of this struggling orphanage. That's all. But as days went on, um, I had witnessed some things that broke my heart. Right. And I really, I can't share a lot of what I saw uh-huh. because I would be afraid of the listener mm-hmm. who would have to hear it. And it's just over, it was overwhelming for me. Right. So, and my children were grieving uh, also. So anyway, we get home and um, I just was depressed. 
for months after that. And um, we live here in the land of plenty, mm-hmm. and we are blessed with much. And then one day, I just broke down, and I cried, and I talked to God, and I said, Jesus, what I witnessed in China, if there's anything that I can do to serve mm-hmm. you, um, just show me. I'm ready to serve you. I know your word pretty well. I've gone to Bible studies for the past 15 years. <laughs> right. And... And, you know, sometimes God says, put the Bible study down and get up and start working. That's right. You know, that's right. So, Sharon, before the before you pursued adoption and you were saying that you were a stay at home mom, that your kids were getting older. What did your days look like before your kids came home? I'm a tennis player. I love my tennis. It's my workout. And um, I would play tennis about two to three days a week. And. I'm, I'm, and I still, I, I give it one day a week now, two at the most, and I hope I can play tennis until the day I die. <laughs> Love my tennis. And, and the other days I would fill it with meeting people mm. and having Bible study and luncheon afterwards. So, so this um, was getting ready, what, this was getting ready to change everything, bringing home, um, not just one child, but you all ended up bringing home a sibling group of three. Right. Yeah. That's a life. That's yeah, a that game changer was, right there. When I said yes to God, I was saying yes to one child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and then, uh, and we, we actually pursued a child that we were going to adopt and we were all set up to fly to the Philippines to pick this child up. And we had learned some things. God closed the door mm-hmm. to that adoption. And um, unfortunately, it, it, it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand. I thought, Lord, I, I, I told you I want, wanted to serve you. And or we wanted to serve you in, in this area. And this door closes. And I was very confused. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't, didn't understand his plan at that point. Um, but our records had already been in the government's hands in the Philippines. Uh, we were already approved. Mm-hmm. We had probably invested some money mm-hmm. in this process of this failed adoption. And I was hurt. I was pretty overwhelmed. And so I, at that point, I just closed the door on adoption, sadly, because I just was so confused. Didn't want to be hurt with a failed adoption. Right. And then about a year, a year later, our daughter came home from college and she is on this uh, waiting children's list and um, sees these three kids, thought how cute they were. Doesn't everybody do that? (laughs) It's true. So she brings my husband in there who he melts anyway. (laughs) And they both ganged up on me and they said, Sharon, look how cute these kids are. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. They are adorable. No, there's just no way. They're like, Oh mom, come on. We can do this. I'm because like, oh, how, how old no, were God. the kids when you saw their picture? Cause you didn't bring home babies. You brought home older kids. Uh, they were seven, nine and 10 right. when we brought them home. Mm-hmm. So um, they had a, a, a record. Philippines is 
what I experienced is very good yes. at record keeping. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that was in my the record file was very accurate, which I have to. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it kind of we, you know, I looked into it. Um, I ordered their file, still saying no. God does not want me to adopt three older kids. And but then I prayed. I'm like, you know, Lord, I'm open to your will if you show me your will. Well, I have to include this part of the story because it's, I think it's a miracle. And I get their file and I noticed on the first page, it says my father's house. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, hmm, I don't know. I have one friend who has adopted a child from the Philippines and that's it. And I thought, I'm going to give Tara Melver a phone call. So I did. (laughs) I remember where I was standing. I was pumping gas in Louisville, Kentucky. And I received a phone call from you that said, do you, where was Mary Tess in the Philippines? And I said, my father's house. And the conversation ensued. I will never forget that because the crazy thing about all of that is, is that when we picked up Mary Tess, I have pictures of your children with our daughter the day we were in the Philippines picking her up. I mean, how sweet of the and that Lord. Was what? Years. Actually, was that four years? Was it, that four years prior? Yes. Or three? Four. Uh-huh. Isn't okay. that amazing? Yeah. The Lord is so sweet. So well, we had met your kids. I am not, yes. And I am not good at math. But if you were a statistic expert, I would love to know the odds. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> No kidding. Of, of finding someone who, the only person you know right. from the Philippines, I met you at mm-hmm. a basketball game that night. Yes. And I sat next to you and Mary Tess, and mm-hmm. I showed you the file, and you said, Sharon, we have pictures of those kids mm-hmm. from when we picked up Mary Tess. And Mary Tess said, that's Mark. Mm-hmm. And I spent Christmas vacation with Mark at a caregiver's yeah. house. And she said, they're good kids. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That was that to me was testimony that I Mm -hmm. prayed about. And that was a a miracle. Mm -hmm. It was almost like God said, Sharon. (laughs) Right. See, I'm I'm telling you, these are for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he answered that prayer and then and many more in the process. Mm -hmm. And um, but still three. I mean, God. It's like he took a iron skillet and had to whack me <laughs> over the head because I still could not accept that one testimony. I mean, I'm pretty weak in faith, and I just needed more. And God was patient with me, and he gave me more testimony about these children. And um, so uh, I prayed, you know, Lord, that's a lot to take on. Three, I've read all the books. <laughs> I know what it says. It says it's not going to be easy, Mm -hmm. but I put my trust in the Lord and I believed the file, the paperwork on these children that they were loved. They were loving towards each other. They had a deep bond with each other. And I felt like three children like that could come to America and love me Mm -hmm. and I could love them. And they have fit into our family beautifully. Mm. Um, Truly an answer to prayer. Praise God that he was patient enough with me to 
listen and answer my prayers that way. What was the hardest part? Um, I remember navigating that with you some. You know, I had my hands full at the same time. Um, I had just brought home our second adoption from Ethiopia at the time, yeah. and you had the kids, and mm-hmm. and and your husband mm-hmm. has a very uh, successful uh, business. He's a very busy man. And so what was the hardest part when you first got home of how to do life? Like what, what hit you the hardest that you can remember? I was overwhelmed mm. with the adjustment process. Uh, maybe if I had gotten a baby, I think it might have been easier. I understood babies. Right. Um, but but I brought home three children. They didn't speak English. Yes. They they didn't like American food. Mm-hmm. I didn't right. know what kind of food they liked. A lot of rice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chicken and rice. Mm-hmm. They ate really healthy. They I'm, I wake up for breakfast. They did not want a Pop Tart. <laughs> they did not want I was overwhelmed with trying to figure things like that out, figuring out um, what their needs were with limited language skills. Mm-hmm. What happened to your tennis game? I had to quit. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was hard yeah. to accept. It was. I had to give up a lot. I had to sacrifice a lot. Um, and I tell you, my days were so hard. I remember I was, it was a wearing job. It's 24 seven. Yes. And you know, when you're a mother to these children, it's not like you have that instant bond. Right. Right. Some people truly, some, they truly believe, Oh God just gave these kids to me and I just love them. Like they're my own. I'm sorry to say that didn't happen right Right. away. Um, They were children. I felt like I was babysitting Mm. that bonding process it, it kind of, it was really, really hard. And to top it off, I was so weary and tired from babysitting 24-7. I'm sa- sorry I had to say the word babysitting, no, but, but that's kind of how it felt. And I didn't get a break. I I remember waking up, praying to the Lord, and the Lord was my strength every mm-hmm. minute of every day. And I remember saying, help me make it to lunchtime. Right. And I would, I would make it to lunch and do all the jobs I had to do to get to lunchtime. Uh, so I made it, I broke a day up into four sections. And then that lasted about maybe three to six months. Mm-hmm. And then it went, it got easier. We started to get adjusted and then it went from day to day. And then after I make it from day to day, then it went week to week. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I'm like, wow, we're doing this. Yeah. We're, we're, we made it. So, Sharon, one of my favorite um, stories that I have shared on multiple occasions is the story of your personal funeral. Would you mind sharing that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you all do love that. I love I it. The Lord brought a friend in my life, and I've never met her personally. And she has, oh, golly, about 10 kids through disruption. Mm-hmm. And when she learned that I had adopted these three kids, she offered her services. <laughs> she said, <laughs> I just want you to understand life's not going to be easy. Okay. It's going to be hard and I'm here to help you through this. Okay. And I took her on, I took her up on it. And, um, 
so I would just email her questions and she'd reply back. And uh, then it got into phone conversations. And um, I remember her sharing, sharing with her how overwhelmed and how overwhelmed I mean, this is, it wasn't the life that I expected this to be. It's not, it wasn't fun. Right. It was overwhelming for me. And she said to me, she said, Sharon, you need to have yourself a funeral. Get some rocks and write on the rocks what you have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Because once you die to all this stuff that you are struggling to give up, once you die to all that stuff, then you'll be able to move on and accept this new life Jesus has for you. And she says, take those rocks, take them to the backyard and throw each one of those rocks in the lake. And as you throw each one, you die to that. And I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. She's a very artistic person. A few of the rocks were labeled freedom, mm-hmm. friendships expectations. Um, so, and it was, it was really sad to let go of, of those. And, but that's when I started to grab on and accept this new life. And you know, something that this is biblical, honestly, I didn't realize it at the time, but in Romans 12, it says, therefore, I urge you brothers in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God for this is your spiritual act of worship. And I believe that that's what God was doing with me. I was literally offering myself as a living sacrifice. And so I died. And uh, and praise God, because it's what helped me move on. Well, I remember just saying, dirty. I just, you know, after that, that time, I didn't know that had happened. But as your friend just began to see you really just bond with the children. And of course, I'm, you know, I'm going through the same thing at my house uh, at the time. But just to see you just begin to just love them. And just almost with the girls, y'all just have such a tight bond. And I know you, you you know, you love Mark like crazy, but you and the girls were just kind of always together and, and um, just were so close. And I just really began to see that in your life. And still, we just met with you guys a couple of weeks ago and I just admire that that friendship uh, that you have with your girls and you're you're their mom you're their authority in their life you point them to Jesus you're their spiritual mentor I get all that but I just love the friendship that I see with you and your girls and I know only the Lord can do that oh yeah yeah now there's teenagers now they're 16 17 and 18 <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord help so some yeah. days they like you some oh, days my. they don't right Oh, absolutely. I, sometimes I hang the moon for them, and other days they just can't stand me and roll their eyes right <laughs> Exactly. <at me. laughs> we're, okay. we're right there with you. So, so um, yeah. Mark goes to college this fall, and um, so the kids have really just come such a long way, right? You know, they have. Looking back, okay, we, we adopted them eight and a half years ago, and this was like November 13th mm. was their gotcha day. And so we've been here eight and a half years, and they are doing really well. Sharon, one of our girls recently said, um, you know, just in some transition in her life, she said, Mom, I really don't believe the old saying that God never gives us more than we can handle. I believe he does precisely that so that we realize we were never in control to begin with. And that's exactly how we, you know, have all kind of walked this adoption journey. It was 
more than we could handle, more than we thought we could do. But it has been a privilege to have been in the same city with you for a little while, for our kids, to have known your kids. So we're just so grateful that you shared your story with us today. And we pray for your kids, as I know that you pray for ours, as the Lord brings um, all of that to mind. And so thanks so much for thinking about me. Thank you, Sharon. You've been listening to the Adopting and Fostering Home podcast. We're so glad you've taken time to listen today. Keep in mind, we are a ministry of the North American Mission Board and funded through the Annie Armstrong offering and your giving to the cooperative program. We look forward to talking more about adoption, fostering, and orphan care and how you can be involved.